We are live. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to GTFO Grow Traffic Figures It Out. Uh, I am Hannah and for a change I'm going to host because Rachel's lazy and didn't do any work for it so I stepped in and did it all. So hello Rachel. Hello, are you okay? Yes, are you? Yes, about a busy morning at my one of my first back to real life networking meetings since the start of the pandemic so that's why I've been so lazy. Uh, did you do you get food? Did you get food at that meeting? Well, I didn't have time to stay and eat the food. It's it's a, a Tiggy's, which is an Italian restaurant, so the food is actually amazing. But I had to hot foot it back over here uh, to be ready for this. So no no pasta or pizza for me today. Good, good. What has anything interesting or good happened to you this week? Um, no, it's been one of those weeks that's just been, oh, stress from, from start to finish. My cat got run over, my horse got diagnosed with Cushing's, I've got to do trips to vets and all sorts. So, uh, no, it's just been stress after stress. I'm glad it's Friday. I'm going to have a big wine after this. You're having a big wine now, it would be. I am, I am having a big wine now, yeah, yeah. Okay, but we are very sad to mourn the passing of the fluffiest cat in the world. Toby yes, he was a lovely little cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, my kid has had chicken pox, so it's been similarly <laughs> awful. She's not yes. been able to go to nursery, and she has been naughty as fuck. And yesterday, uh, she was trying to climb up a box and sliding down it, and I didn't want her to do it because you know it was it was pretty dangerous. Uh, and in a rage, she threw a Duplo train at me. Uh, oh, so yeah, she got right. Oh, this sounds like my kind of girl. She's proper naughty, dead naughty. Okay, so, good. Um, so she's going to go and live in the garage. And, uh, well, enjoy your teenage living. years with that one then. And <laughs> enjoy bloody toddlerhood. I'm dreading that. That's going to be hard enough. But anyway, she's all right. She, she's she's cute. So um, we'll she gets away with her. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, should we crack on? Time is marching on. Time is marching on. Yay, mark it on your bingo cards. They're optimists and period knickers. There we go, we're all done. And tells from the garage. And tells from the garage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today we are talking about email newsletters. Can they still work? And if so, how do they still work for you? So we're going to give you top five tips that's going to make your email newsletter really boost your business, generate you some income, win your followers, and friends and influence people and so on Uh, but before that I've got a couple of fun facts that you might find interesting so did you know Rachel that Mm. 4.3 billion people use email across the world which is more than those who use Facebook by a country Mm. mile Um, it is a lot I mean it it shouldn't really surprise us because I think email has become the primary uh, communication channel for business in recent years hasn't it so we probably shouldn't be surprised by that I also think as well how many of us have got multiple email addresses you know Liz who is watching hi Liz um, she's got about 50 bloody emails every time I have to email her I have to run through a list of all the Liz Henson's I've got on me blinking yeah. contacts list uh, but yeah everybody has multiple ones but um I, I, I was reading a really interesting article actually by uh, a woman I think it was a medium article and she was talking about she, she stopped emailing she put her out of office on but she said I'm not going to email people anymore I'm only going to do phone calls and in-person conversations 
And she said her she got about two hours back in a working day because she wasn't just constantly answering emails. Now, I will always default to emails because I, I frank, quite frankly hate talking on the phone. So I will use email or WhatsApp wherever I possibly can. But when I think about it, it is so inefficient, isn't it? How much we are messaging backwards and forwards when a conversation could probably do it in a couple of minutes. Yeah, my old boss, one of my first bosses in my first proper grown-up full-time job used to say, get off your backside and go and speak to people you know mm. we worked in a college so it was dead easy like if it, if you could do it by a conversation if you didn't need the email trail get up and go and speak to people because you build relationships you get to the point you, you don't get miscommunications and misunderstandings you get the intonation right um, mm. and a lot and it did make my life a lot lot easier and it's something that I carried through and um, but yeah, like I always try and ring you and you will always not answer me. So I've usually, got, I've usually got my head in a feed bin, to be fair. Yeah, whatever, whatever. But, uh, but, you know, it is a very, very uh, popular platform. And 99% of users check their emails every single day. So if you can harness that for your business, that's going to be so powerful. Um, yeah. In fact, so powerful that half of, half of all people who was surveyed, um, will buy off the back of a marketing email or at least, uh, you know, will buy at least once a month from an, from an email that they receive that's a marketing email. Yeah. Uh, and 59% said that emails that they receive affect their buying position. So, you know, they weren't necessarily going to buy and then they buy, you know, they're encouraged to buy. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, email newsletters are super valuable still. We should absolutely not be giving up on it. And I think one of the really good things about email marketing is it's free. You can use something like MailChimp, for example, and, um, you know, you don't need many specialist skills to do it at all. Um, you can just kind of hop on and do your marketing, do your email marketing uh, and, and really grow your business, really get out to some people. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do, Can I, top let's oh, do it. Let's do it. Well, uh, I, I was going to talk about the difference between e-commerce and and um, uh, B two B, but Service, we can come yeah. on to that. Yeah, we okay. can come on to that. Okay, so we're going to hit you with top five tips, and they are applicable whether you are uh, e-commerce B two B or B two C. Um, so because I know as we're a service-led business and sometimes it is very difficult to to kind of think about how your email marketing newsletter is going to benefit your business. Uh, but again, we'll come on to that. So mm -hmm. tip number one, have a clear goal. Rachel, what do we mean by this? Well, um, th this is actually fortunate we came onto this because this is the thing I was just about to launch into before I remembered not to do a dally and jump Doing ahead uh, multiple points. So, yeah, have a goal in mind. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people, uh, in fact, I was having this conversation with somebody the other week and he said, oh, my my email news, like he said, there's no point anymore. I'm going to go back to doing flyers and printing them out and posting them mm -hmm. to people. He said, I get nothing out of my email newsletter. And I said, well, can I have a look at your email newsletter? And he sent it to me and it was just, uh, it was essentially an advert it was an advert that he'd, he'd made a little email template and sent it out for his business uh, he does um, IT support and and I said well the thing is that's you know the purpose of pe people mis make this massive mistake all the time it's the same mistake that they make with social media they assume that these platforms are there for them to push out their adverts and of course you can do that but you know uh, response to things like that is getting less and less and less people respond to it less algorithms respond to it less so it, it becomes less effective so what you have to do instead is have a purpose when you are sending out an email and and be really clear about it and be really specific about it so 
don't just send out a broad thing that has, you know, here's a here's a sales code and and here's a special offer and here's a piece of news and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. First of all, you've got to decide uh, what is this email for. Is this email to offer something? Am I going to have an offer? This is particularly good if you are a, a, a B2C or a, an e-commerce platform. If you've got a, a special offer code, say it's Valentine's Day or whatever, then yeah, push that out via your email newsletter. Are you going to have a, a promotion of a new product or service? So this thing's just come in. Are you going to be useful to somebody? So this is what works particularly well for service-led businesses. How are you going to help somebody out? We do this with Grow Traffic, for example, where we'll say, oh, did you know that this algorithm update is coming over the hill? You might want to think about da, 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 da. So, but you don't want to do all of those things in one email because you will lose people's attention and it, you know, it's a bit too much. So set out. You don't want to do all of those things all the time. So, you yeah, know, you don't want to uh, send out special offers and that's it uh, in all your email newsletters. Yeah, absolutely. Funnily enough, I, I bought a um, a Pony-O. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the Pony-O. It's like a, a hairband thing and then a, a big bit of metal. It's like one of them things you used to snap on your wrists in the uh, 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you wind it in your hair, pull it back and it creates a bun. And I bought one of those and what they then sent me, I mean they have bombarded me a little bit. Um but they then sent me several a series of several emails about these are different ways that you can use the ponyo. So you can, you know, create a bun or you can have a high ponytail or you can do this wedding fancy wedding thing. Um you know, I'm not going to do any of that because I really don't care that much about my hair. But mm, I thought clearly. it was quite yeah, it was quite a good way of doing it because they followed up the purchase with something that was useful so that you don't just think well I've bought this it's effectively a you know a, an expensive bobble what the hell am I going to do with it now mm. um, that's a really good thing I buy um, Liz Earl face cream uh, you know face wash and stuff every couple of months and they will send me an offer they obviously know when I'm due to run out and they will then send me an offer code so that I can go and, and buy the next one. That's email marketing done well because yeah. it arrived at the point that I need it. It's relevant content for that time. And it then prompts me to, you know, remember the service or buy something else or whatever. What isn't, you know, email newsletters done well, as I've just said, it's when you get these long rambling ones, you're not quite mm. sure what the point is. You know, they're not really helpful. They're not particularly trying to get you to buy anything. Or if they are, they haven't thought about what stage of the buyer journey you're at. Um, and you just get these kind of wishy-washy adverts in effect and, and they're a waste of time. Yeah, I think I think as well, like the tone of voice is is really important and you need to be thinking about, you know, what what tone of voice are you using for your goals? So whenever people are trying to sell me something on an email newsletter, the thing that makes me automatically delete is when they say things like hello, mate or hello yeah. or whatever, you know, like like that's not how I want to be sold to. And I guess, you know, that is quite personal to me, I suppose. But make sure that your tone of voice is suiting suiting the the email and the and the audience that you're going out to and I think sometimes it is legitimate to send a newsletter we find at Grow Traffic that when we include information about the team and what the team have been up to that tends to get the higher opening rate so yeah. we make sure that we include that in our content calendar for our email newsletter we don't always go on about what the team is doing uh, because you know it's not the welcome to the this is what you know the Rachel and Hannah show for example um although it should be it should be I feel like we should petition for this yes <laughs> um but you know if if um if that's what's getting open then that's what 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 we'll incorporate and so when you are doing your email newsletter 
make sure that you've got a clear goal for each newsletter and keep it separate. And mm -hmm. it's really useful to have a content calendar. And that way you're fully prepared for things like Valentine's Day, Christmas, um, industry specific days. Uh, and when you've got special offers coming up or when you've got a new service launching. Uh, so, so it's all kind of planned in and you're not taken by surprise. You don't miss the boat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Say something, Rach? Well, I, I was going to talk about um, the, the, you know, the content relates to the audience that you're sending it to, but I've just remembered that we're going to come on to that point. So I shall save my nugget. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> number two, and whilst we're on the subject of having a clear goal, Number two is don't forget your calls to action. So all too often I will get email newsletters and it's just, you know, information. And I think, what do they want me to do with this? And and when we talk about can they still work for your business, they absolutely can. And and the goal uh, of, of an email newsletter can be to, to get people to check out, to buy something off your site. But if you're a service-led business, sometimes the goal of the email newsletter is brand awareness. So it might just be, like our Facebook page or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sometimes it's traffic on your website, especially if you're coming at it from an SEO perspective. You want that traffic on your website. So your call to action is read our blogs, have a look at this resource, you know, see who we are on our contact page. But one newsletter should have a very clear call to action. Um, so, yeah, Rach? Yeah, and I think as well, it's really important to think about, you know, what, what call to action is that within the, the buyer journey stage that you're at? So, for example, if you are just, if this is the first time you have sent any uh, certain contact, an email newsletter, and your call to action is buy this now, they're not going to know because they don't know enough about you. There's no trust there. You haven't built up any kind of relationship. So, think about which call to action you're going to use in relation to how far along the buyer journey this email is hitting somebody you know if it really is the first time that you have ever made contact with that person and they're not a, a warmed up kind of leader or whatever your call to action is just going to be something like would you like to come and find out more about us on our mm. website or would you like to follow us on facebook or whatever it might be um you're only going to use that by now call to action once you are sure that you have you know, got somebody's attention and built that relationship up and all the rest of it. Going back to the, the Ponyo example, um, those first few emails that they sent me after I'd made that purchase, not one single one of those had a, a would you like to buy another Ponyo call to action in it because they'd obviously not, well, I've just bought one. It's like when you buy a, you know, a suitcase on Amazon and all of a sudden all you get are adverts for more suitcases. Mm. And you're like, no, because I've just bought one and I don't need 20. Um, and that was, that was, I think they'd obviously thought about that. What stage is this person going to be at? They've just made a purchase. They're not going to want to buy anymore. I assume in about kind of four, five, six months, they will then start sending me ones mm. with the buy now button on because they'll know the one I've got is starting to get a bit looser. Or, or tired or whatever perished perished perished, um, perished yeah so so yeah think about that and, and I mean basically don't forget to put them in so many times you get to the end of a newsletter and there just isn't any kind of call to action MailChimp makes this really easy now to make sure you remember to put it in it will tell you if you've forgotten you haven't put a call to action in um so yeah tools like that are really good at, at remembering but just make sure there's something 
Yeah, and I think like not that this this session is sponsored by Mailchimp. Shush, Dave, um, <laughs> coughing away, bloody COVID. Um, not that you know, but but Mailchimp also let you automate the process, so you can automate a, a email newsletter to start. You know, an, an email workflow to start once you kind of add someone to the list. So you know use the tools that are available to you and make it really easy for yourself to get people to kind of follow you through the sales funnel absolutely mm -hmm. yeah so yeah number one have a clear goal for that particular email newsletter number two have a clear call to action and make it suit your goal number three keep it short and sweet rara what do we mean well, I mean, it is uh, partly, it's what we said before, you know, don't try and stuff everything into that one newsletter. There are a handful of newsletters I get that are very, very lengthy. Uh, one of them is from um, Bob Clubs Northwest. They send out a, a really meaty newsletter. It's almost like a magazine. Now, I will read that because... That's my networking group. I'm invested in the businesses that are in there. I know all of them. I'm nosy about what they're doing. But if that was like a cold email, you know, that works purely because they've got me as a, as a specific target audience. Were I not, that email wouldn't work because it's too long. No one's going to sit there and read through that if they're not invested in the people that are being spoken about. And it's yeah. the same with any kind of marketing. You know, as I said before, if you've not built up a relationship, they're not going to sit there and want to read every little thing that's been going on in your business. So keep it short, keep it sweet. But the other thing is, is don't do it too frequently. Uh, you've got a stat here, haven't you, Hannah? Yeah, 78% of people who unsubscribe from marketing lists will do it because they've received too many email newsletters. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's things where it can work if you do it every day or, or you know, very regularly. So uh, Shoeaholics is one of the only newsletters that I actually engage with because you get money off. Um, but, you know, I will kind of most days, I'll if I get an email from Shoeaholics, I usually go and have a little browse of what they've got on and what the offers are and things like that. And a lot of times I will buy something. Um, mm. So, you know, it does work. But but again, it depends on your sector. If you're just if you're just splashing out email newsletters because you want to tell people that you've, you know, done the race for life or you've got a. Um, a new service that you push in no one you know people don't want to know that that often mm. what do you think is the optimum uh time you know frequency to send out an email newsletter I mean, we recommend when we're working, particularly with B2B businesses, we say once a month. I mm. think any more than that, um, and you are running the risk of fe people feeling like they're being pestered. I think the thing mm. we've also got to remember is that our newsletter, you know, our, our inboxes rather, they're just so crowded now. And there was mm. a lovely period of grace after GDPR, wasn't there, where you didn't automatically get added to things. So I, I remember I unsubscribed from loads and for ages, my, my inbox was relatively quiet. Now it, it's starting to build back up again because you just get added for all sorts of things i think oh god every day yeah. every day every morning my first task of the morning is deleting literally about 15 emails that just yes. come through from shit that someone signed me up to or stuff yeah. that i needed at the time but don't need now and it's too difficult like right move oh god like they send out so much stuff yeah um, 
And that's the thing. And some of them, you know, some some of the the emails that we get, they are part of a service that I have opted into. So, for example, mm. there's the, the, an email from a PR company. They every day will send out leads for that day. Um, you know, SEO um, journal and SE ranking and all of those kind of search engine stuff. They will send out a daily digest of articles that have gone up. That's relevant to my job. So, you know, yes, I will look through those now. We'll read them. But if you're a if you're a shoe company or a clothing company or whatever, then sending somebody something every single day is a surefire way of pissing them off, essentially. If you are e-commerce and you are B2C, then it is legitimate to do it a little bit more often um, than a B2B company um, could do it. So I would probably say maybe once a fortnight. Um, like I say, it, it it does a little bit depend on who mm. your sector is, how big your email newsletter mailing list is, how big your database is, um, and what product and service you're providing. But as a good rule of thumb, I would say once a month for B2B and once a fortnight for B2C. And it can be difficult to think what you're going to put in it, especially if you've got to send one out every fortnight. So, you know, when you're doing your content calendar um, or, you know, aside from that, just in your notebook, just have a little page in your notebook or a section for writing down bits and pieces that you can pop in the newsletter because, like, you know, you, I, well, I think of things as I'm going along or things will happen that I think, oh, that would be good to talk about, and then I forget it. Mm. Um, so, you know, sticks, just just make a little note and it will make it a lot easier for you. Okay. I think as well, oh, just God. on that final point, um, if, you you know, if we are, if you are a B2C company or an e-commerce company, for example, and you are going to do one a fortnight, then back to point number one, alternate what you're talking about. So one yeah. month have, you know, this are, these are our new uh, products in and these a, here's a, an offer code for you to use. And then the month after, have something like, you know, this is um, uh, customers that have been happy, customer reviews, or this is what's happening in the company or whatever. So make sure, again, you're not cramming everything into one, and but alternate what you're offering so that people get something different each time and it's not just that, oh, God, there's another one of them. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. And um also, you know, make it really clear what that what the purpose of that. I feel like we didn't say this. Make it super clear what the purpose of that that email newsletter is. Because I am not a scroller. If I'm not grabbed in like the first heading headline, I probably won't scroll. And um, mm. so, you know, if it's got a special offer, if it's got company news, if it's got a new service, if it's got industry sector specific news, like tell me because then I'm much more likely to read it. Yeah, I just done that as well, because eh? I think that is crucial. What you put in your title is really important. If you make that look weird, so if you put loads of emojis in and dashes and ampersands and all the rest of it, it looks spammy. Yeah. Um, it's more likely as well that spam filters will reject it. But also, if I'm going down it and I've got a, a, a subject line that begins with a load of emojis, I'm going to think, oh, that's not relevant to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just absolutely, especially if you're dealing with, you know, businesses or whatever, keep it business-like. Make it just plain and clear, you know, special offer from us or, you know, new product from us or whatever. And, and then there's no ambiguity then. Yeah, I often spend more time trying to get the headline and the tagline, I like the yeah. email subject line, than I do creating the rest of the rest of the newsletter because like, I've got a template set up. It's dead easy to use, and you know I'm not making it a very long email, but I really want people to open it. Um, yeah. And open rates are massively going down. You know, I mean, if you've got a kind of two and a half to five percent open rate at the moment on your emailing, that that's good going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you've got to get past 
somebody actually opening your email before you can even wow them with your content and and it that's going to live or, live or die on your your subject line i mean you got to get past the spam filter before you get yeah. someone open it like how often do you check your spam box that's it very much worse very rarely <laughs> <laughs> very rarely usually yeah. only when somebody says oh i emailed you uh did you get it or you'll say to me um check your spam somebody somebody sent us something um i will not actively go in there and look so maybe once a month once every couple of months i'll look seriously, in there seriously i check mm. it every day oh no i don't today just no. because like so many so much good stuff does go in there and stuff that i actually need to know gets gets filtered out so like you know you are in a constant battle i find with people spam filters mm. um so yeah i check my i check my oh no mine mine is really quite good um i very very rarely will find something in there that i should have that should have gone into my focused email very yeah. rarely yeah cool okay so number one have a clear goal number two don't forget your ctas number three keep it short and sweet number four keep it clean keep Farah. it clean no swearing no it's not what I mean. no, well, no, no 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 we do um and we're fucking good at it um this is really to do with gdpr isn't it and i was telling you just before we came on hannah that i was having a conversation with somebody the other day who was quite cross at me because i didn't have his email address from two three years ago um and i said i couldn't you know we had to scrap it gdpr came in we had to scrap emails that we didn't have a legitimate reason to be emailing now what that means is it's a kind of a double-edged sword so it means that you should only have people on your email database who you have a legitimate reason for emailing. Now, if they are your customer or have been, that's fine. They can go onto your mailing list. You have a legitimate reason for keeping in touch with them. But other people, they must have opted in. And whilst you're not necessarily going to be reported to the European Court of Human Rights anymore, if you put somebody on and you shouldn't have, they will unsubscribe if they are not interested uh, and they will feel no qualms about it. So it's actually not in your best interest to just willy-nilly add people on because you think they might. Um, one one key tip that I used to do when I, when I was networking, obviously before the pandemic, when I gave somebody my business card, I would say at that point, do you mind if I add you to our email database? And usually they would say, no, that's fine because they didn't want to say no to straight to my face. Um, they might have unsubscribed later. Um, so, yeah, you know, make sure it's a legitimate email database. Make sure the people that you are contacting will be interested in your content. As I was saying before about the better networking email, that is a meaty piece of content that goes out only to members because were that to go to non-members or people who are on the prospects list or whatever, they just wouldn't give a shit about it. They don't care whether I've been nominated for an award. They don't know who I am. So, you know, think about it. The other thing that you should be doing with your email uh, database is segmenting it. So segment it out into these are my current clients, these are my prospective clients, these are my past clients. That further enables you to tailor that content so that you are sending a relevant message to the relevant person and you know they're going to be interested. Otherwise, you, you know, you'll have a 1% a open rate, click-through rate, and you'll just feel like you're wasting your time. It's really interesting. Um, I think the way the Grow Traffic email newsletter performs. So we have two mailing lists. We've got people who, you know, we've kind of added on and joined through the website or whatever. Uh, and then we've got one that we got when we joined the chamber of all the chamber members. And 
when we send out an email newsletter, we send it out to both lists. And we never, I can, can't think of a single time we've had an unsubscribe from the Grow Traffic mailing list. People who we've spoken to, who know us, who've put their card into a fishbowl to win a bottle of champagne or whatever at an event, you know, they are kind of more engaged. The Chamber newsletter, who've just been added to a list, we at least we get at least one unsubscribe every single time we send it out because they're not engaged. They're not interested. They don't give a shit. They don't know who we are. They're totally cold. And that's like uh, totally understandable. We've uh -huh. been sending that newsletter out to people for over a year now to that list and, and people still unsubscribe. So it's not like you've got the initial dirge of people leaving. It's now people are still thinking, oh, fuck off, grow traffic, unsubscribe. Like they're going to the effort to unsubscribe. So, like, it just demonstrates how important it is that your mailing list is warm, keyed up, clean. Yeah. And, and we had an instance a bit ago um, where a client wanted us to, he'd kind of taken everybody that he'd ever met on LinkedIn, compiled a list and said, well, you know, the friends with me on LinkedIn, so they probably therefore want to receive an email from me and yeah. wanted us to put it into an email newsletter list and we couldn't do it like it was it's against gdpr and it's you know it's not ethical because they haven't signed up to receive your email newsletter they've signed up to be your friend on linkedin to be your contact on linkedin so you know you really it's really important that you actually follow gdpr rules not just because it's you know the legal requirement at the moment but also because you know just don't be a dick about it like don't yeah. bombard people I just the pen. well um, the other thing about that though hannah is that what was really interesting was that the the mailchimp algorithm wouldn't even let us do that so it wasn't yeah. just that you know it's a dodgy thing to do the mailchimp algorithm is an algorithm and it's very sophisticated and it knew that what we had likely done was scraped all of these email addresses yeah. and you know no matter how we, we tried to you know put them in in batches or whatever it kept coming back and saying this looks this does not look like a genuine mailing list and it would not yeah. let us send it out and that's the thing you will get blacklisted nowadays you know yeah. and then if you don't follow the rules and you don't do it correctly because the, the the long and short of it is that these companies mailchimp outlook yahoo whatever you know it's the it's those companies themselves that have also been liable for this so they don't mm. give a shit about you you know it's sat in bake up wanting to send out three thousand email addresses because you are putting them at risk and they will not let you do it so uh it's well, really conversely important. i was speaking to someone the other day who said um i want to send out an email newsletter like i want to be able to email my clients but um i don't know if i'm allowed to so he'd received inquiries or he had clients and as part of signing them up he had their email address and he didn't feel comfortable sending them an automated workflow that said like thank you very much this is what's going to happen next have a look at this because he thought that that was spamming people and it was against gdpr so if you have a legitimate reason for having someone's email address you're allowed to email them you're not allowed yeah. to spam them spam them and you're not allowed to sign people up to an email newsletter that haven't kind of opted in or said yes I, you know i'm happy to receive an email newsletters but there is a difference between sending emails that are for legitimate business purposes and sending email newsletters and it's clear it's it's important that you're clear on that distinction uh, yeah. in order to be gdpr compliant absolutely yeah go on 
Well, just as one final point, I was just going to say, you know, to to build up your email newsletter, going back to that, you know, it should be a genuine mailing list. You are going to probably have to offer some people something. So, you know, yes, as we've just said, your clients, your prospects, your past clients, they they have you have a legitimate reason for putting them on your mailing list. They might unsubscribe, but but that's you know by the way. Um, but if you want other people if you want to reach your net further and wider you are going to probably have to offer something so whenever we go to an expo we do a 50 pound amazon draw for example you know put your card in win an amazon voucher uh, mm. that's pretty much the best we can do but i know you know people who have um product businesses so they might offer you know get a free pair of earrings if you sign up to our mailing list this week or whatever that you know that's a good kind of competition to run to get people involved um, and that's probably what you're gonna have to do or even i signed up for the monsoon email newsletter yesterday because i wanted 10 percent off so yeah like, you know you can yeah. sign up to newsletters um you know offer people a discount when they sign up to your newsletter um yeah or you know do a special draw like but but however you encourage people to do it oh another great one is put on downloadable content onto your website yeah gated and guides content. and stuff yeah gated and then make sure make them have to put in their email address to download it so however there's lots and lots of different ways to build up your email newsletter uh, mailing list that's not just buying data and spamming yeah. people yeah so yeah, yeah keep absolutely. it clean keep it clean so number one, have a clear goal. Number two, make sure you're putting some calls to action. Number three, don't bombard people. Keep it short and sweet. Number four, make sure your list is clean. And number five, as always, test, review and adapt. Rara, yeah. what do we mean? Well, uh, you know, same as we say this every single week, don't we? Uh, you know, if you are emailing people, you will be using a platform to do it probably. Um, you know, MailChimp or HubSpot or whatever it might be. Um, they all have analytics in the background so you can have a look you can see what's your open rate what's your click-through rate so did somebody click on that mailing list and go through to your website or to wherever you were sending them to um you know what what's the length of time that people spent reading it all the rest of it um that data is absolutely invaluable because that will then tell you you know is this working or is it not you know if you've got a really low percentage of people reading it staying there clicking through it you're not doing it right so how are you going to make it more interesting how are you going to make it more personal more engaging how are you going to keep people on there a little bit longer um i think one thing though and we did touch on it before engagement rates click-through rates and everything they have been dropping and you know before when i said before you know five years ago if you had a click-through rate of say 25 percent, we were going like probably not worth it probably not worth doing it's now sitting at between you know two and five percent as a as a is a reasonable click-through rate so i think you have to go into it understanding that you are not going to see massive returns on investment off the back of it but those few that you do get are worth the time and effort that you're going to put into it that's really why we say streamline it you know and if you are mailchimp we've talked we've mentioned and we're not sponsored by mailchimp but they are good that's why they've got such a big market yeah um and free um 
But, you know, if you've set a template up in there, you should be able to do an email newsletter, fill in the content, send it out absolutely an hour's top tops. It's worth doing, spending an hour doing that if you are then going to get a few interested people, three or four, for example, that are going to click through, read a blog post, follow you on Facebook, become a bit more engaged, whatever it might be. So it is worth doing as long as you put it in context. If you're spending an entire day doing it yeah. and you're sending it out to 12,000 people, People and nobody's uh, responding to you, then then it's not worth doing. How are you going to improve it and make it better? But it's a bit like social media as well for some businesses, you know, especially if you're B2B. B2B social media is such a hard slog, especially to measure. Like, you know, the measurables on, on that are so tiny, but it's about brand awareness and visibility yeah. and front of mind marketing and making sure that when you know if, you, if they're getting emails from you that have got some really interesting content on stuff that they're interested in when they have a problem to which they know you have the solution and you're the one that they think of or yeah when they're you know they can recommend you they can recognize your logo like there's a lot there's more value in it than uh than just the direct uh kind of engagement rate and the other thing to say on that is if you're getting an engagement rate of you know two and a half percent five percent obviously the more people you have on your email marketing list the the more um what am i trying to say here h the more yes, people proportionally going, yeah. proportionately yeah like you're gonna have yeah. more people opening it so so make a focus make part of your strategy for the next 12 months growing your email marketing list whether you're gonna put on special offers run competitions get yourself to events speak to people yeah. directly put on gated content whatever 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 that should be one of your focuses and um, not buying a load of data and spamming people because your your engagement rate is just going to drop. Um, I think that's really important, actually. People, a lot of people will expect a direct correlation between what they've spent and what their ROI is. So they will say, you know, it's taken me £3,000 to buy this database, to pay you to do a template, to send it out, and I haven't then made any sales, so I haven't got anything. And, you know, if you are a, a sales business, a PC and an e-commerce, for example, then perhaps that is probably wasted money and you might want to review mm. your strategy. If you are a service business, you have no idea, you know, you are only going to hit a very small percentage of those people at the point that they actually need you. So you've got to keep it up and keep it going. You know, one of the mailing emails that I read time and again is from face-to-face -face HR, my friend Helen Christie. She sends one out, I think about once a month, but it's a case study every time. And I, again, you know, I'm essentially nosy. So I will read that to figure out to see you know who she's been dealing with this month who's been yeah, naughty or whatever yeah. yeah of course it is but I only need HR services every once in a blue moon because we've got you and we've got processes and we've got systems in place and blah 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 Maybe so, you get wrecked <laughs> yeah you are HR I mean you're terrible at it but you are our HR um but you know that's the point I, I am only going to need her maybe once a year maybe once every two years will I need her but I will think about her when I do need her because she sent me this mailing list this email that's quite juicy and she's not bombarded me and she's not asked anything of me she's just sent me a little bit of a juicy story every now and again and so, she's more likely to recommend it like you're talking yeah. about her here on a public platform so yeah like you know the system works people and i think um i think especially if you're b2b um and service led it's not always about sales and and click through and stuff sometimes it is you met your metrics of measurements need to be shifted slightly so that they're mm. not quite as um 
economically driven. I think one final thing as well that, that we should remind people of, you know, we as, as Grow Traffic, it, it takes people a, a lot of time to understand exactly what we do do uh, and when they've understood what we do do or they think they have uh, they've, they've usually got a tiny proportion of it um, so we have a client uh, of ours who we've built the website for about four or five years ago you know we know them personally from the village and they text us the other day and said do you know anybody who could do social media and it's like we do that we do that funnily enough you know they've known us for five six years they never figured that out so I think never assume that your audience even if they have been your customers in the past or still are know everything that you do it is worth using your email database to remind people that's why we will do you know if there's an algorithm update coming up we'll say you know this one is likely to affect keywords have you looked at your keywords did you know that we do content or you know facebook has just made this update did you know that we do facebook so use it as a means of educating your current customer mm. base about what you do do as well as reaching out to a new audience to market to them and i think when you use email newsletters like that they they can be actually more powerful than just that kind of blanket sales message for sure absolutely and it goes back to point one have a clear goal vary your goal yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, you know, we're at time. So, Rara, final thoughts? Um, I think final thoughts, don't get disheartened. Figures are low. Mm. Uh, engagement rates are dropping. Um, it will take a lot of trial and error to get it right, but that's okay. Keep going um, and just be interesting. Be interesting with what you're putting out there. Yeah, I think my final thought is uh, plan it in advance and have a strategy, you know, have a content calendar um, and make sure that you're not kind of thinking on a Monday morning, shit, what am I going to talk about in this fucking email newsletter? Because you'll not do it. Yeah, um, you won't so, do it. Yeah, just, just factor it in. Like your blogs and like your social media, just factor it into part of doing business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. That's it from us. So next week, there's no Facebook Live. We will be just doing the podcast where we'll be looking at a case study of when email marketing has worked particularly well for a business. So you will be able to watch this video on Facebook, on the Grow Traffic Facebook page. Or if you're listening, if you want to listen to it on a podcast, you can get it where all the usual podcasts are. We'll put any relevant links in the episode description and you can check out our website, follow us on Facebook, get in touch with us, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that's all, it. all the other things that everybody always says that you already know because you live in the real world. Okay, cool. Right, we're going to wave then now. So wave thanks, Rachel. Thank Goodbye. you.